Welcome to Swisspreneur, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. My name is Sylvan and I will be your host. On today's episode, we welcome Renato Stalder. He's the CEO of Clara Business, a tool that supports you with your financial and accounting tasks. We talk about why it's so important that you get the financials right from day one onwards, what of these tasks you can do yourself and where you actually need professional support, and if you get this support, how much you should actually pay the professionals for it. Usually, this topic sounds pretty boring. However, Renato adds a lot of entertaining and personal stories to make it worthwhile. So I'm sure that you will not only feel entertained, but also get some valuable new insights. As always, you can of course also find additional information to today's episode on our social media profiles. So make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. One more thing before we start the show. This episode is brought to you by BTO. The company is based in Zurich and Zug and helps startups managing their financials with a fully digitalized process. If you're looking for a strong accounting partner, visit bto-ag.ch. Renato, a very warm welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for your time. It's a pleasure for me. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about finances and how startups can actually manage their finances in in a good way. And my first question is, what mistakes do you see Swiss startups making repeatedly when it comes to their finances? Well, uh, the the most common mistakes is that finances is quite a boring thing. When you when you really start up a business, you are really passionate about the content of your business, mm-hmm. and finance is something in a is is an administration task you have to do. The reason why you have to do is because, uh, of course, you get taxed uh, based on that and uh, you have a legal obligation to do the right financing. Mm-hmm. So the biggest mistake you can do is to put it away and say, okay, I will do it later. And then later is later and later and later and so on. And the first time you get really in touch when you get the tax report or when you have to report your uh, figures to the sure. tax authorities. And then you say, oh, my God, I should start thinking about that. And then you have a huge pile of work to actually yes, get done, right? And it's really then you don't know, oh, what was it for? And I have to organize it and so on. So please start at the very beginning because financing is boring, but it belongs to your business. It's sort of a necessary evil that you have to handle. Exactly, exactly. That and makes don't sense. push it too much in the future. Right. And how do you determine basically where you should start? Because I can imagine some founders have a very good knowledge about finances and others, they have never done such a thing before. So how do you determine about what you do yourself and what you probably better outsource to someone more experienced? Well, basically, you already said it's really depending on what is your knowledge about this, uh, this domain, this, this, this topic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, do you re- are you li- really willing to do it uh, up to a certain part for yourself? And the, the reason why you should start thinking about that is uh, doing finance is quite uh, can be quite an expensive thing in, if you do nothing for yourself. Mm-hmm. So please start and say, I try to handle all the finance myself. And at that point, I cannot do it any longer. Then I ask for help. Right. So really, it really depends on your knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you're also an experienced entrepreneur. When do you reach that point? How do you realize that it's actually now time to hand it to someone else when you are working through day and night or actually have to file your finances at night? Or when would you describe when is the right timing to actually give it to someone else? I think when you get bored uh, out of it in a way that you say, oh, it would really be helpful to have somebody doing that. Mm -hmm. But always think about it will also get uh, some costs out of that. Sure. So your recommendation would be just to summarize that a bit. In the early days, if you have a good understanding yourself, do as much as you can yourself and then yes. basically invest all the money that you save there exactly. into sales and product, yeah. for example. Don't spend too much at the beginning for something that is right. not really helpful for your business, but necessary for your business. That makes sense. Now, let's look at the points that people should cover in their financial process. How does that look like? What are the areas that you have to cover as an early stage startup when you do that for the first time? So at the very early stage, you have to find out if you have to pay VAT. Mm -hmm. So value-added tax, uh, especially in Switzerland, but all, almost in all countries, you have VAT systems. And there is always an amount that is free. Uh, unless you are below that amount, mm -hmm. you don't have to pay VAT. But if you are above this amount, you have to pay. And don't start the business in a way that you say, oh, I will be below. But during the year, you will realize, oh, already in the first year, I will be above. And then you have to change everything from the very first day up to the up right. to now. So uh, really be careful with that. Mm -hmm. uh, choose, uh, in Switzerland we have uh, basically four different systems in VAT. So first you can pay on effective uh, uh, amount spent and uh, collected. Mm -hmm. And the second one is you can work with the so-called saldo steuersatz. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's like a mix. It's the idea behind that is to simplify the VAT systems for SMEs mm -hmm. in a way that you are no longer able to collect the VAT you already spent, right. and then the one you charge to your customers will be reduced by a certain percentage to somehow balance um, what is really the value that it was added during uh, during your process. Sure. Uh, you have to know that when you choose the system, it's always the authorities who win. Okay, so don't fight with them. <laughs> no, no. I suggest personally take effective build, which is the normal standard way to pay VAT. And all the other stuff is was created in a time where the tools were not able or not really so easy to handle that. Mm -hmm. But today there's no issue at all. So you don't save time and at least you don't save money if you choose another VAT system. Okay. There can be very special situations in the build-up phase where you say, okay, now uh, we already have a lot of assets. We don't buy a lot. We first create and uh, we have mainly manpower uh, that are invested. Then it can be that you can find out maybe the system is a slightly more uh, uh, convenient for you, but on the long run, it's yeah. not. Absolutely. And also in Switzerland, I think the sort of the, the how to say, the, the boundary to whether you have to pay value-added taxes or not is quite low. 100K, right, yeah. annual revenue. So yeah. if you're above that, you have to pay for sure. So yeah. better think about that from day one, whether you will hit I that or not. I would say so, I would say so. And ideally, you build a business that you way uh, are above that limit. I guess the dream is to be above <laughs> very quickly. So uh, in revenue, sure. it's not the EBIT, right? We of talk course. about revenue. Yeah. And uh, if you're above, you have to pay for. Absolutely. And I would not start too low and then have to hold the trouble and the hassle to, to, to fix the, the yeah. past. That makes sense. 
So that's one of the first questions that you have yeah. to answer when you start a business. What's yeah. next? Okay, for, for sure you need a bank account. Uh, that's very important and all your uh, money coming in and out uh, mm -hmm. is normally handled by a bank account. Uh, What's important there because there are pretty different packages and services and some are also more digitalized than others. Yes, but you said uh, very large differences. I, I want on the other hand say more or less they're all pretty all the same. Of course, I would choose a bank that uh, you have the, the, let's say, the impression that they really invest in digitalization. Mm -hmm. I would choose such a bank, but basically when you go out today, every bank is telling you, oh, we are investing very heavily in this, sure. in, in this way. We at Clara, we had the very first collaboration was with Valiant Bank, mm -hmm. and they are really investing heavily in digitalization. But to be uh, very open today, we do it with Credit Suisse, we do it with UBS, uh, even Post Finance. Right. They all go more or less in the same direction. It is a different speed that they they uh, used to do so. What I would choose is really one that can be connected to your accounting system, so you have uh, less uh, trouble to to synchronize or to reconcile your banking account together with your accounting. That makes a lot so, of sense. But let's say one or two years from now, every bank will offer that. Okay. It will be a commodity. Cool. And then once you have chosen the right bank, you probably also need some good software to manage all your finances and to actually integrate with that. Yeah, that, that's for sure. But before you, you we go to the software, you also have to decide, either you need things like credit cards. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there it becomes interesting because in credit cards, you have a huge difference in pricing. Uh, if you travel a lot, I would suggest you to try out Revolut or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go with your bank, most of them, they offer somehow a package and uh, include the credit card. And for most startups, the banks offer a startup package, which mm -hmm. is uh, free of charge for one or two years. Okay. That's very common uh, today. Right. And the uh, third thing you have to think about, do you need a PayPal account, for example, which is very useful when you buy a lot of stuff uh, in the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't need that, it's fine. Too. Why do I mention that? Because credit cards and PayPal accounts are very, not difficult, but they, they create work in handling it in your accounting mm -hmm. system. Uh, what most people forget is when you pay something by credit card, in any case, you need to keep the receipt right. because the booking is always on the original receipt and never on the credit card uh, uh, statement at the end of the month. And sometimes they make eyes like this when they say, oh my God, uh, now I have the credit card. Oh, what's that? Uh, I don't find the, the receipt anymore. Yeah. And whenever you don't have the receipt, you waste money because you cannot claim for the VAT. That's right. And yeah. that's you yeah. basically waste 7.7% in Switzerland exactly. of the total exactly. sales amount. Of course, it depends how, how much uh, you spend, but it's 7.7% sure. of what you spend and you simply lose it. And it's, it's really a waste of money if you don't have the, the receipt. And now I come to your question, because when you have the right software, I suggest to have something, when you have a receipt, you go out of whatever this store or whatever it was, mm -hmm. immediately digitize this uh, piece of paper. So in, in case of Clara, for example, take out your smartphone, mm -hmm. open the My Clara app, and take a picture of this receipt. Right. And then you already uh, have done part of the work because 
you prepare the archiving of this receipt, mm -hmm. you prepare the bookkeeping of this receipt, and in the case of Clara, in 80% of the cases, it's booked automatically. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and <laughs> then you can throw it somehow away. So, uh, or you can put it somewhere. It's no, not, not important anymore, the receipt, because you already are in digi digital flow. And that's a very important point because when we started our business, you know, a lot of stuff still happened on paper. Mm -hmm. For example, I was still astonished that a credit card statement was still sent to us on paper by mail every month, yeah, yeah. not in a digital form or in any way. And we were always taught that you actually need to keep the receipt. But if you use a good business software, you can also digitize that and then it's basically done and you don't actually need to keep it, right? That's true. There is in Switzerland, there is a Geschäftsbücherverordnung. It's called Gebüff. And there it's uh, strictly written down what do you have to guarantee uh, if you throw away the paper. And these burden are lower than they were before. They, I think it was changed at the beginning of uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, before it was strictly... Uh, given that it must be a qualified digital signature, which is a technical thing that nobody understands. It was quite uh, a hassle to get one and it was changed. And today it's written that you have to guarantee that this piece or this picture was not changed anymore. So we can do it with a simple dig digital signature, not mm -hmm. with a highly qualified and uh, simply with a digital signature. And Clara does it, for example. And then you, you can prove, okay, this was the copy of the, the, the receipt. And I can prove it was not changed uh, since it was digitized. And that basically makes the paper invoices or exactly. expense bills uh, useless, so you don't exactly. need them anymore. Exactly. So you save a lot of space in your office. <laughs> well, you, you save space, but also the, the, to find it later is yeah. much more easy. Uh, so you, you simply go into your software, you maybe click on a customer, a supplier, you, you see the invoices and you click there and you immediately get your visual representation of it. Of course, then you'll start printing out and uh, we are again in this, uh, in this Back loop. to the roots, basically. <laughs> That's why I would disconnect the printer. <laughs> Is there anything else that you need to take care of when you actually start the company in the early days? In case of uh, accounting, so of we, starting out basically. Yeah. So, so we, we uh, in the accounting, we also uh, say that payroll is part of the accounting, sure. uh, and uh, payroll is. Uh, uh, it's very important, by the way. Uh, it's very heavily regulated in almost all countries. Mm -hmm. uh, you cannot use payroll from one country in the other because in the payroll system, you see the whole uh, political system, the whole like uh, like uh, renten system. The, in Switzerland, it's the AVS, the first pillar, second pillar, circle yeah. and so on. So it's all linked to the payroll. Mm -hmm. uh, Payroll at all is not very difficult, but it needs to be in a very high quality. Uh, first of all, people don't like when they get paid and it is the wrong amount. So uh, where people are, all your employees are very sensitive on when it's going around payroll. Right. And, and second, uh, also the social insurance and the law is quite strict on that. Mm -hmm. But it, it should not be like like a like a burden that is too high it's really if you start clear with your insurance uh, contracts you enter your insurance contracts into the software then almost everything is uh, automatic awesome and you also only need to make the the entry and the leave of your employees and right. salary changes and so 
I think it would also be very helpful to walk us through what kind of insurances and what kind of deductions of your salary do you need to take into account? Maybe you can also walk us through what mm -hmm. sort of uh, fees can apply to the salary administration in that part. Okay, yes, of course. So in payroll, you have uh, things you have to do, which uh, basically starts with the AVS insurance. So the first pillar, which is uh, uh, loss of work, which is uh, your rent that when uh, you get 65 or maybe later 67, whatever, uh, it, it will be, this is mandatory. And then there is the so-called family allocation, which is mandatory. So everybody pays in into uh, an account and uh, people who have children, they get out their uh, children's allowance out of these. So this right. is also mandatory. And uh, the fourth one that is mandatory is uh, the, the accident insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, in Switzerland, it's called UVG, Unfallversicherungsgesetz, accident yes. insurance. So you need to have one. And there, how do you do that? You usually have a contract with an insurance company, right? That's very simple. Yeah. All insurance companies, they offer these packages. And uh, you can compare, but also there, the, the pricing is very similar. Mm -hmm. in, in the accident insurance. Would you recommend using a broker to get a good deal there? Because usually they do the comparison for you, but don't charge you anything and are paid by the insurance companies themselves. In the moment we talk about the startup and in the moment we talk about the basic insurance, mm -hmm. the broker will not help. Okay. But if we talk about additional insurances because you, you do a lot of export or something right. like that, then the broker will help. But in the standard it's not an added value okay. at all. Uh, but let's talk about the insurances that are not mandatory. Or mm -hmm. let's first talk about the second pillar, the BVG, yeah. which can be mandatory, but it depends on the amount you pay. So the salary above a certain amount, then you have a mandatory mm -hmm. uh, second pillar insurance. I think that's somewhere above 20,000 or 23,000. Uh, I think so, somewhere between 20 and 30,000. Around there, yeah. For something. Just to know, yeah. if you're below 20,000, you probably don't have to pay it. If you're above... Per person. Exactly. Per person, yes. That's very important. Yeah. But if you're above, then you obviously have to pay it. Then it's mandatory, right? Exactly. That's the case. And there you really should compare the different uh, packages and mm -hmm. the different offerings. And there is, a well, maybe one important point that young people normally don't care about this stuff enough. Yeah. <laughs> Older people where, let's say, the, the, the change in their life is closer than when they stop working and go into the, the, the rent, mm -hmm. uh, we say. Uh, it's more important than, but younger people, they don't care. But I suggest that you think about that already at the beginning. But I can accept that maybe if you are maybe 25 or something, it's a long way to go uh, sure. until you turn 67. So it's not that important, but... Uh, uh, you should t really take care about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are different offerings uh, from different insurances and uh, choose the one uh, you really like. And also there, uh, choose one that is very well digitalized. So take one that is integratable in your software. There are just a few for the moment, but during the next two, three, four, five years, there will be a lot of changes in that. And now we talk about the loss insurance. That is if you get thick, so sickness insurance, mm -hmm. this is not mandatory in Switzerland, but think about as an employer, yeah. when somebody turns sick, you have to pay. 
and there are different tables uh, de depending on uh, in which region you are and what you apply. You have to pay at the very beginning is just maybe one, two, three months, but it goes up with the number of uh, years and employees uh, engaged in your company. So I would really suggest to make an insurance for this part, because especially when you are a startup, tough in business, Yes. You engage somebody and really he, he gets a serious uh, illness. Mm -hmm. It can be very costly and uh, you could re even risk your startup because then you have to pay for a service you don't get. That could basically kill your company. That could basically kill your company, which what already happened. So I would really suggest to take care about that. Mm -hmm. And what would be a good way to take care of, of that? Because I know there are basically insurances where you then say, they pay after one month. So you basically have to pay the first month, for example, yes. as a company, and then the insurance company pays. What would be a good split there? So the common, the common splits are 30, 60 or 90 days. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on your cash. So uh, the, the, it works quite simple. When you choose 30 days, then the, the price is higher. Right. But of course, you, you take less risk on yourself. When you choose 90 days, it's really a, ser a serious uh, illness and uh, it's really a tragedy then because when you're sick for more than three months, uh, then you really choose just to, to make an insurance for the high risk, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, most common is 60 days, but maybe it's a Switzerland thing that you always take the compromise between the two <laughs> options. You take the middle, yeah. but a very common one is uh, 60 days. Okay. So. Maybe I could give this as, as a suggestion, but it really depends on, on uh, right. your cash that you, you, you have available. That's a business decision. Yeah, then. that's a business decision. That so makes it's sense. very difficult to give a recommendation on that. Mm -hmm. I can only say that the, the, the common one is the 60 day. Right. So now we already talk about monthly recurring tasks like salaries and also expenses that you have to sort of manage on a monthly basis. Uh, there are also other things that you have to manage on a monthly basis, like bills coming in and bills going out. How do you do that? <laughs> basically, it's the it's the cash in, cash out situation. Okay. Uh, and basically, it's the payroll, as we mentioned already. And uh, always think about that. In 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 very common in Switzerland is that you give a payment period of thirty days for mm -hmm. your invoices. So it really depends at what moment you start invoicing your customers right. and I suggest do it as quickly as you can yes. so don't let don't, don't let it aside and uh, wait too long because uh, they expect that when they get they, they, their invoice they have a 30 days uh, period what is uh, a misunderstanding very often is that is not by law by law an invoice is uh, to be paid at the moment you get it so it's really something you offer to your customers that you give a 10 or 30 days period. Mm -hmm. But be aware that it's the expectation we have in, in at least in our cultural area here. That you that get 30 you, days. Yeah, that you get yeah. 30 days. So you, it would be quite a surprise when you say you have to pay immediately after receipt. So sure. uh, I would not suggest that, but by law, this is possible. Okay. So don't wait too long to to uh, to bill your, to charge your customers. Mm -hmm. uh, really do that. Uh, I would suggest every week you reserve your time and you go through your uh, projects and you uh, uh, try to, to send the invoice out. Of course, it depends on what project, what is the agreement, the contract with your customer and so on. But, but let it that's a very cool approach. I haven't heard that before. I think 
blocking time in your calendar yeah, to say that's, that's quite important. this is time i want to send out the bills yeah, every week yeah. if there is no bill to send okay fine but but still let's have a drink yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly but still still make a reservation in your calendar to do the the, the stuff you don't like to do that's uh, a good but, input by the way always a quite good uh, tip at all absolutely uh, reserve the time for things you don't like to yeah. do okay so billing is very important uh, do that as close as you can mm-hmm. to your uh, uh, to your business then uh, the the invoice that's coming in so uh, the, the the credit side at that point i suggest that whenever you open your uh, your mail mm-hmm. either it's an electronic or it's a physical mail and you get let's say an invoice, uh, immediately take your smartphone and make a picture of all the pages of this invoice. Mm-hmm. So then you have already started a, a part of this work because mm-hmm. when you use software like, for example, Clara, it will pop up in your in-basket and Clara will right. try to book it. And when you have a, for, for the first time a new supplier, for example, mm-hmm. it will automatically open it in your CRM system. So there's no address typing or things like that. And it will suggest you how to book and how to uh, handle the VAT. So we have the, the, let's say, daily stuff or at least weekly stuff you mm-hmm. have to do. So it's the, I would sh- still say daily work. And right. I suggest to everybody to do it immediately. Mm-hmm. When you open the mail, just handle it right. uh, if you can. Uh, and then you have the, the things you have to do, let's say periodically, it's uh, sending the payments to your bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a modern bank, you, out of your software, you can click a button. It will send the records to your bank and you get an alert on your mobile mm-hmm. uh, that uh, somebody tries to make a payment. Do you agree or uh, right. do you deny? And you can really, with two, three clicks, you can pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, suggest and always take the last day <laughs> that is possible to pay. So yes. it's uh, in part of cash management is quite important. Uh, when you have 30 days, use these 30 days. Of uh, uh, and uh, yes, so this is more or less re- regular thing. So billing uh, invoices coming in. Right. And then there is, I would suggest that monthly you really check if, if everything is fine. But more important is quarterly. Uh, you have to do the VAT uh, uh, declaration. And uh, VAT, uh, I can especially talk for, uh, about Switzerland, is a self-declaration tax. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody coming and asking you. Uh, it's your obligation that every quarter, it depends on the, on the, uh, on the agreement you choose, either it's uh, effective build or it's Saldosteuersatz, uh, uh, but mm-hmm. in the other case, it's uh, every half year. But in this case, it's every quarter. You have to declare the tax from your side to the tax authorities. Right. Uh, this is quite simple because in the software, you click on a button. But of course, the, the numbers are only right when you are, uh, I would say, in French, it would say assure. Yes. So when you're really up to the, uh, as close to the reality as you can. Sure. I mean, if, if you try to, to book a, a statement for the first quarter, but, but you, you only booked book everything it. for January, but nothing yeah. for February. Then, then the statement will be, be right. wrong, of course. Yes. So uh, you, you are, let's say, uh, Ashur. Mm-hmm. So you click on the button, you get your VAT statement. Uh, you can even download an XML. You log in to the portal of the uh, Swiss tax, mm-hmm. in our case, and you upload this uh, XML and it's all done. Perfect. 
if for any case later you still have a booking, oh, I already declared uh, quarter one mm -hmm. and now I found out, oh, maybe uh, there is an invoice that is from March, but you, for any reason, you didn't take your smartphone at that very moment right. and you're late, there's no problem at all. Mm -hmm. So in the software, you simply book in March and the next time it will uh, say, oh, you have a correction for quarter one okay. and you can do this correction. As it's a self-declaring tax, you, you can correct your, your information mm -hmm. you gave uh, in an earlier stage. Uh, of course, after the year, so the year end, you have, uh, I think it's uh, 180 days in maximum time okay. to really declare this is my final statement. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, they are allowed to say, okay, what you send us is your final statement. And of course, then you have no chance to change it any, yeah. any longer. And if it was wrong, it's not that good. Yeah, they will also check that on an irregular basis. They check that on an irregular basis. And basically, it's like this. When you get selected, maybe from the computer to be mm -hmm. checked, uh, they come to you, they check it. And if you are in a very clean situation, it will take much longer than you, you get rechecked. Yeah. But if uh, the accounting is in a very bad shape, maybe you get checked the next year again and uh, maybe two years later again. And of course, everything that was wrong must be fixed. And it's uh, five years to the past that it can happen that you have to pay taxes mm -hmm. for things you didn't declare uh, in the right way. Uh, which can also kill your business, by the way, uh, if you are not, if you, ha you don't have enough liquidity at that moment. Yeah, I think there are many stories about that. Yes, that's well. Well, they are quite from the older days mm -hmm. because we also have to say I can talk about Switzerland now again. Uh, it became more casual in uh, since some years. So at the very beginning, they really try to find out every 20 cents or something okay. like that. But in the meantime, it's more casual. Okay. So for example, uh, some years ago, the, the address on the invoice must be very exactly how it was written. Yes. I had an issue in all the days. So we had a company that was legally called Soreco AG, mm -hmm. but we used the term Soreco Group which was not the legal name, and they claimed that's all wrong. So uh, some years ago, the, the, the politicians said mm, that can't not be the, the way. So whenever uh, the auditor can see, okay, it's probably the right address, but maybe the number was wrong or the zip code was uh, mixed around or something, right. but it's very obvious that it's the right company, he has to accept. That's more startup or in general, SME friendly, I yeah, would say. Yeah, it's more SME friendly. And it really turned a lot in, in, in this way. So that makes sense. maybe one good thing. Yeah, yeah, at absolutely. Least. So, so a quarterly, you have to declare your taxes and then uh, this uh, portal will print you an invoice and then you have to, of course, to send that money. Exactly. Uh, that's a, a typical quarterly thing. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good software, it will help you to detect if there is was something wrong. So it's maybe a list of unusual transactions mm -hmm. in a way. It doesn't mean that they are wrong, but it you have to uh, Just double check it. Yeah, basically. simply double yeah. check it. That makes sense. Uh, uh, and maybe there is the first time where some uh, startups ask a treuhander mm -hmm. to to help them. Mm -hmm. It really depends how do you feel on that and if you say okay but uh, i did it in the right way and uh, right. then you don't need it but mm -hmm. if you if you 
feel un uh, unsecure in that situation, it could be a good idea that somebody throws an eye on it. Right. So here again, your personal judgment makes a lot of sense to basically, do you have the knowledge and do you feel comfortable? Then you're probably fine and can handle that on your own on a quarterly basis. Yeah. If you don't feel too comfortable, go and ask an expert, which will yeah. cost costs, but then you're really on the safe side. Exactly. And also in this business, there's a lot of change. Mm -hmm. uh, i give you an example. Uh, companies like, uh, like BDO, for example, uh, they start to offer packages where you really can uh, choose how far you want to go on your side and how far they should go on their side. Yeah. And also with some fixed pricing, right? With fixed pricing, with really creative offerings. That's uh, very important because we once were in a different situation where we had no clue what they were charging, basically. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to have everything on paper. So yeah. we basically had double work to print out everything because we were working digitally. Mm -hmm. And then they basically put everything into their software again. And that cost a lot of cost, actually. Unfortunately, it's still very common. And but that's it's, a nightmare. Uh, that, uh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it, uh, it is very costly. Yes. Also on your side because you lose time and uh, exactly. and so on. So it's it's really not a good a good way to work. I would not su suggest that. But in that way, it's good to see the development that there are the big firms following, basically. Yeah, you you know that the, the big association is Treuhandkammer, and they have Treuhand 4.0, okay. which means that it's really the way how it should shift into the digital business. And uh, if you check the website there, you find a lot of uh, useful information uh, and uh, useful hints and also links to software uh, that can handle these uh, way of working. Nice. I have uh, one additional question. You mentioned several times uh, that you can take a photo of mm -hmm. the invoice coming in, meaning that photo you take with the app of your software that you use for your accounting, right? Exactly. Just to confirm that, to yeah. make sure, not exactly. just the phone regular phone picture, but well, with the application of your it, software. It's somehow like a scan. So you, exactly. you, you really use the, the camera of your iPhone or whatever phone you have. Uh, you scan the page. Mm -hmm. uh, you can connect. Uh, you can link together different pages. And then you send it by one click to the accounting system. Exactly. Then it's uploaded to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's stored behind this customer, stored behind this uh, this uh, booking booking record and so on. Right. And also one follow-up question, what do you do when you send out an, an invoice to your customer mm -hmm. and they don't pay the invoice? What can you do about that and what would you suggest how to go about that? Well, that's basically the standard procedures like this. So you, you send out the invoice in, uh, basically there are three forms. You can send them by email. You can send them just a link that they can uh, simply click on that link and see the invoice. Right. And of course, you can also send it uh, in paper mail. Uh, you print it out on yourself or use a service like uh, remote printing, uh, which, for example, the Swiss Post will offer mm -hmm. to you. So you simply send the image to them. They print it, put it in an envelope and send it to your customer. So let's say the customer doesn't pay after these famous 30 days mm -hmm. we just mentioned uh, already before. Uh, then in, in most software, they will suggest you to do reminders, send reminders. Mm -hmm. And to Typical way, even in, in uh, or let's say in our country, is you first start very slowly or with a reminder or with a uh, account extract where you mm -hmm. say, oh, probably you missed this invoice, blah, blah, and so on. Yeah. Uh, and then you give another maybe 
five to ten days. Mm-hmm. It it depends a little bit on your uh, your behavior. Let's say five to ten days. Mm-hmm. Uh, after these uh, ten days, you send the second letter. So right. we call it the first reminder mm-hmm. where the where let's say the the tonality is a little bit different. <laughs> so it's a little bit more aggressive. Right. Uh, if you don't get paid at that moment, you send. A second reminder, mm-hmm. but think about there's no obligation to do that because the invoice itself was full enough. You could, if you would like, immediately start the cash-in process, right. uh, but I wouldn't suggest to do that. Uh, but so This is a very good differentiation, so you are not forced by law to follow that process, no, no. but it's more like common sense yes, exactly. in business, right? I mean, and it's, it's a normal behavior that we have in this uh, cultural area. Absolutely. So after the second reminder, and think about, you already have these 30 days, and then we give an additional maybe 5 to 10, uh, because they need time to do the, the payment, and maybe after that you give an additional 5 to 10, mm-hmm. and after that a last time 5 to 10, uh, so we are already two months behind the right. uh, uh, payment. Uh, I suggest to call the customer and then to find out what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could also do that after the first reminder. Mm -hmm. It really depends on, do you have a lot of customers with small amounts? Of course, then a call is not maybe the appropriate way. Mm -hmm. But if you have uh, less customers but bigger amounts, it would be a good idea to talk to them and find out what's happening here. But if we go on after the second reminder, it's really the the starting point to start the cash-in process in a way. And there are different options. You can do it yourself mm-hmm. or you can use services that uh, do that already would you recommend to use them or I would recommend to use them because a lot of paperwork uh, to do but to be clear first you have to check what was happening so uh, it doesn't make sense to make a customer angry in a way that uh, maybe you made a mistake or he didn't talk to you and so so first try to clear the situation why he didn't pay if we talk about a certain amount of course Uh, but if he if there is no reason on your side and you simply don't get the money start this process absolutely and I would suggest to use a service for that. You know, some clients, they also tell you, oh, no, I just forgot, everything's fine, but then still don't pay. And then yeah, yeah. that might be a good option. Uh, that's, a, that's a problem. Some, some customers, they need some pressure to pay right. the bill. But you also always sort of risk to a certain degree to harm the client relationship. That's exactly what I try to say, yes. Absolutely. And, and that's why I suggest talk to them. That's a very wise advice. What, yeah, what, what, <laughs> what was wrong or what is going wrong yeah. or why they didn't pay. or Maybe they are in a certain situation they can't, but then they are very uh, happy that you, you call them and you find a way uh, to, yeah. to solve it over time or something like that. Most of the time, it's surprising how many problems you can solve if you just talk with each other, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's true. So I think you already gave us a very good overview about the financial process on a monthly and quarterly basis. I'm sure there are also things that you need to do on an annual basis. Yes. yes. What, what is that? What should you cover there? So the, 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 the basic task on annual basic is the, the year-end closing task. Mm-hmm. Year-end closing task is very important. Uh, there you really, you really uh, let's say, clean up everything that was not booked during the year. What, what is an example for something that was not booked during the year? Let's say you bought maybe a laptop in, let's say, months of uh, June. 
uh, whatever, and you paid maybe 2,000 Swiss francs for this laptop, let's say like this. So at the end of the year, what has to be in your balance statement? And uh, the law says that you have uh, an obligation to really show your assets mm -hmm. and your uh, liability or your obligations on, on one side and on the other side. And uh, it means that if this laptop is in this company, you bought it for 2000 so there is an asset. And now the big question is, what is the value of that asset at mm -hmm. the end of the year? Yes. And there uh, you can uh, really... I say, no, not, not, not play around, but you have a certain, a certain margin how you want to handle that. Uh, the best thing is you take the table of the tax authorities. It tells you by asset category, for example, is IT equipment. Mm -hmm. It tells you how much you are in the maximum uh, allowed to deduct. Right. And in this case, I think it's 40%. Okay. So it would be the 2,000 minus 40%, mm -hmm. and this would be the value you put into your balance sheet. Yeah. And there you really have to make sure that during the year, you used the right asset category allocation in your accounting system. Mm -hmm. It will simplify your work at the end of the year if this was all right. So you could simply take the amount, calculate what uh, you want to deduct, and mm -hmm. uh, do the booking. Absolutely. So deductions are one thing. What else do you have to take care of? Of course, you also have to make sure that your liabilities are uh, correct. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to make sure what you do you do with, let's say, work you already started, but you could not bill at that very moment. Right. And that's also one hint I gave already. Do your billing as close as you can. So the less at the end of the year you have projects you started working on, mm -hmm. but you did not send the bill, it uh, will create a lot of uh, work. Because then you have to declare, okay, I already invested X hours. Mm -hmm. The value of these X hours are that amount. And then you have to do a booking because otherwise you would not show the right or let's say the fair figures. Uh, so really, the suggestion is do the billing by the last day of your year as close as you can. Also, your partner will be very happy to get that because he has the opposite problem. Mm -hmm. uh, he has to book the uh, transitorische Passiven, we call it in, in German, mm -hmm. which means that he must declare, okay, I already got the service, but I didn't get the bill, so I have to charge this annual year for this service. So the more you really try to clean up everything by the last day of the year, mm -hmm. uh, the less work you have in uh, making the so-called Abgrenzungen uh, in that. That's a quite good suggestion. But of course, it's like this. When you are a mature company, you will use the year-end to somehow streamline your tax bill. If you are a startup, you don't have to prop Probably you don't have the problem in the very first or second year because you will uh, maybe, probably you will be in the investment phase. Yeah. So okay. you, you will report losses basically. Yeah. And then you don't have the, yeah. the, the problem of, uh, of paying taxes on, yes. on these losses, uh, fortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it can also happen that you are a startup and you make a lot of profit in the first year. So then you have that problem, mm -hmm. but then you have the money to ask the expert. Of course. Yeah. So that's a very good point here. When should you actually consult with an expert here? Because you know all the tasks that come towards the year's end and also with the 
tax declaration, everything. Yeah. This sounds like a lot more work than you face during the year. Exactly. And also, again, the same suggestion. It really depends. I'm sorry to say that it depends on your knowledge. But I suggest the following. Go as far as you can. Call the expert mm -hmm. and let him give the comments on your work. It's the best feedback you can get. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And then you will see, oh, I came quite, uh, quite far. Or you can see, oh, my God, I should have wasted my time. It's so complicated and they have to do that. So then you know that. Yeah. And for the next year, you're already in the right mood to, to, to call the expert at the very right moment. That makes sense. And also, the uh, uh, let's say, modern uh, uh, companies, they offer really service as, as you, you can really stick them together in a very flexible mm -hmm. way. And where do you actually find the right financial partners or the right accountants to actually check your work or work with you on that? Uh, quite tough question. So... <laughs> The best thing that can happen is that you know somebody who gives a good recommendation. It's, mm -hmm. it's like with restaurants and like with right. everything. So, so this is quite the, the best thing. And then you have to find out, do we fit together? Mm -hmm. Is it somebody I can work with? Because uh, that's quite important. Uh, is it somebody I don't like, then don't, don't work with them. But if you today ask for, uh, let's say, bigger companies, I, I mentioned already uh, an example like a video mm -hmm. uh, earlier, uh, they have uh, locations all over, well, all over the world almost, but uh, at least in Switzerland, all over the different cities. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they can really handle a flexible package for that. But you can also take a smaller uh, office uh, near right. you. Best thing is you have a recommendation. Right. So no preference for big or small. If you have a recommendation, go yes. for that one. Yes. That makes sense. I would do so. I would do so. And how much should such a collaboration cost you? Now, assuming that you can do yeah. everything during the year yourself and with a good software, but then just have someone doing the, the annual stuff, the, the things at year end, basically. How much would that cost yeah. you? The, today, you find websites. For example, you find a website called Grips, G-R-Y-P-S. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a collection and even a, a Gauss uh, uh, Verteilung distribution, right. uh, how much uh, such services will cost. What we see in the market is tremendous differences. So we can see from uh, 1,500 to 16,000 Swiss francs. <laughs> and when you go deeper, you think, basically, it's the same service. Of course, they always explain why it's not the same service at all. But... Uh, you see huge differences and it, 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 it's the efficiency how you work together with them. So the most inefficient way is really to make a copy of everything and to send it to them because then they have to figure out what's on that paper and how do we handle that. So that's the, the worst thing you can do. We've I been think, there. <laughs> yeah, I think the best thing you can do is really at the very beginning to somehow declare how do we want to work together. Mm -hmm. That's my part. And I want you maybe just to check or maybe to suggest, but I already make a proposition mm -hmm. for that. And then you simply give us feedback and make sure that uh, everything is right. right. This is the, the lowest cost, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you ask me for a, a number, it's uh, the, the lowest uh, offerings. I don't say the lowest offerings in, in a way of uh, price bidding, mm -hmm. but in the way of collaboration. This maybe starts at uh, 1,500 to 2,000 Swiss francs. Right. Average would be uh, around three, three to four. Mm -hmm. and, but there are 
on, on the long tail, there are Open numbers <laughs> you, would, you would not believe it. Yeah. And I think this is a very important takeaway for people yeah. who have never done that and have no experience that they don't let other people rip them off because you can easily overpay so high for the same service. That's true, that's for sure. And there's another thing. So in, uh, in, Swiss, in Swiss law, you know, you do not need an auditor uh, unless you do not engage more than 10 people. Right. Uh, so the auditor, uh, you can so make a so-called opt-out. Mm -hmm. So you may, it means that you declare for yourself that everything yeah. is okay. But if you are above this limit, then you need an external auditor. And an external audit is around 1,500 to 2,000 Swiss francs in addition to that. And mm -hmm. be aware that the auditor cannot be the same person that, uh, than the, uh, right. the uh, accountant that uh, serves you. Basically, the auditor has to check the work of the yes, accountant, exactly, right? Yes, exactly. That's very important that there is a certain separation. But I think that's a good sort of number or range. So 3 to 4K or 5 to 6K in annual total costs yeah. if you have a good setup and are pretty efficient over the year. Exactly. And also one important thing here, how often should you communicate? I mean, you mentioned that it really depends how much you do yourself. But even if you can handle everything yourself over the year, should you do like a quarterly or a monthly check-in with your accountant mm -hmm. just to check the work, as you mentioned before? Yeah. So uh, to answer that, we must go back to the monthly uh, work you have to do. Mm -hmm. There are some cases that can become uh, quite uh, cumbersome or, or difficult. And uh, basically, there are around invoices that come from uh, other countries. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have a business where you buy stuff in Switzerland, it's quite easy because it's in the same legal space. Right. Uh, if you buy things abroad, then you are in different situation. And there is a, a very, no, let's say very, there is a tricky situation. When you do import goods, it's quite easy because you pay your supplier with the net amount without any tax mm -hmm. because let, let's say you ship it from let's say france to switzerland right. so you pay the invoice with no tax but the goods pass the the customs mm -hmm. the customs will send you then a bill it can be that you get a bill for the custom itself but at least you get a bill for the vat for the swiss VAT. for the right? swiss vat yep. so the amount or the, the, the value of the goods that was declared will be charged at least with the Swiss VAT mm -hmm. to you. So you get an invoice from the, uh, from the, the Swiss authorities mm -hmm. and you pay this VAT. But now think about what happens when you do not import goods, but let's say software. Mm -hmm. Let's say you, you buy a service or a software outside Switzerland mm -hmm. and you simply download it then it's quite difficult for the tax authorities to <laughs> find out that you downloaded this software. Okay. And in this case, it's your obligation to self-declare this. Okay. And this is a little bit tricky. Of course, in the software, you have to choose the right code. Mm -hmm. What happens then is that you declare on the, the, the VAT statement that you bought this software. And at the very same moment, uh, you can deduct it as a VAT because right. you, you imported it. So it's a zero-sum game, actually. It's somehow a zero-sum, but it, it still means that you must uh, do it. Right. 
if you don't do it, there will not be a high penalty. But of course, the the revision will remark that you sure. you failed to to follow these rules. So it can then lead to the fact that you get checked more often, which is not a very good idea. Uh, uh, bottom line, uh, but. What I try to say, there are some business cases that are quite tricky. Mm -hmm. I suggest if you don't feel comfortable with them, uh, simply use the software, prepare the booking, mm -hmm. but then ask your, uh, your advisor. Right. And this means that it can happen that you have a communication on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. uh, what I suggest is for the very first quarter, let him check quickly what was happening and give your feedback if you are in good track or if you are not. Uh, and if you have a, a, a cool partner, he will, uh, he will really help you, but not try to charge you too much. And once the system is working, then you can yeah. probably switch to an annual communication. Or let's say semi-annual would not be that bad. Yeah, of course. Wonderful. I think that was a very entertaining view of a, quite a boring topic, as you described it in the <laughs> beginning. Um, and we learned that financials and accountings are actually super important to not only save time, but also money as a company. And is there anything else that you would like to add to this topic that we have not yet covered? Well, I would say if you really spend some time with a good software to, to have uh, accounting that is uh, quite professional, mm -hmm. It's also a benefit for you because you always know where you stand. And what we hear very often, let's say, for from older entrepreneurs, they say, oh, I feel in my stomach. Where do I stand? I don't have to have these numbers because I already know in my feeling. But if you are in a startup, it can be that you don't have that feeling because you're very much concentrated on your project or your product or whatever you're doing. And also no experience. And no experience, yes. And then it's quite interesting to see where are my real numbers. Absolutely. And you will find out then that you get uh, charges that you were thinking about at the very beginning. For example, mm -hmm. when you negotiate a payroll, it's never the cost that you really pay at the end. So think about that you, if you negotiate an amount, you have to add at least 15% on top of that to have your cost. Sure. And uh, this you will see in your uh, profit and loss statement immediately and you get uh, sensibilized about these, uh, mm -hmm. these uh, questions. So I suggest to have a good accounting in a good quality also to get your compass for, for, for your business. Absolutely. That's basically my suggestion. Wonderful. Very good work to close. Thank you so much for your time, Renato. It was a pleasure. Uh, same here and best of luck with future success for Clara and all the projects that you're working on. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Before we wrap everything up and give you a sneak peek about our next episode, we would like to thank our sponsor, SBB Startup. The Swiss Railways launched their own startup program, so no matter if you're already an established company or just have an idea, they are eager to hear from you if you think that your company or your idea is a good fit to the Swiss Railways. You can get in touch with them at sbbstartup.com and they will support you with internal connections, with coaching, and also are very interested in launching a pilot project with you. So if you think that your product or your idea or your company have the potential to collaborate with the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them at sbbstartup.com. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. 
I hope you didn't find it too boring and also could derive some valuable insights from Renato and our conversation. It's already time to announce our next episode and that's going to be a very special bonus episode. We got the chance to talk to Frank Thelen, mostly known as investor in the German version of Shark Tank called Die Höhle der Löwen. It was incredibly fascinating to talk to such a high profile guest and we cover things like why it's okay to lose money in the early phases of a startup, how to come back stronger after a huge failure with huge personal debt, and also why timing is very important and key in entrepreneurship. I hope to see you again next week, and until then, all the best.